Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Barbara P and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is January 1st, 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. Today we're reading from the big book and we are on page XXVI, the second paragraph, beginning with the doctor's theory that we have an allergy through one paragraph ending many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Today's readers are Joni C. on our 12 steps. 12 traditions will be Rick J. Penny E. will be reading our text. Tamara C. will be reading our closing. And our newcomer greeter today is Jessica C., our host for the second hour, Maria F., and announcements will be Janice P.M. The reference numbers for yesterday is Sunday, December 31st. Our last meeting of 2023 is 20989. That's 20989. OA Preamble, Readers Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now ask Joni C. to read the 12 steps. Happy New Year, everyone. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, a compulsive overeater. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Oh, thanks so much. Joni C. from Minnesota. And will Rick J. step up and read our 12 traditions? Thank you for your service, Barbara. Rick J., compulsive overeater in North Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, he has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass and Happy New Year. Uh, thanks, Rick J. North Carolina. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you want to press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XXVI in the doctor's opinion. We're on the second paragraph, starting with the doctor's theory that we have an allergy and then going through one of the, that paragraph, ending many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Um, so let's see. I will ask Penny E. from New Jersey, South Jersey, to begin reading and sharing. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year, or 
I like to say have a God-filled New Year. Happy is too much pressure, too much pressure. Anyway, um, here we go. What a blessing to be reading this today on the first day of the new year. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As laymen, our opinion as to its soundness may, of course, mean little. But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Well, uh, this paragraph changed my life. Oh, let me first start. I, I looked in the, in, the, in the dictionary. There's two definitions for allergy. Uh, one says, allergy occurs when a person reacts to substances in the environment that are harmless to most people. Yeah, a cookie is harmless to most people, not to me. Um, the other one says, uh, a damaging immune response by the body to a substance, especially pollen, fur, a particular food or dust to which it has become hyper sensitive. Um, an allergy for me requires, it requires me to have a reaction. I don't have a choice. Once I pick up, my body requires that I continue to eat. That's a million dollar piece of information. Wow. No wonder. No choice. No choice. People used to say to me, if you really want to, you would stop. But I had a stomach full of stuff that I was allergic to and I couldn't stop. Uh, what a blessing. Uh, what, what a blessing. Um, it says, as an ex-problem drinker, I have some notes here, so all of a sudden I got confused with my notes. Um, as an ex-problem drinker, I can say this makes sense, good sense. It's more than good sense. It makes sense why for all these years, why everyone else was finished eating their food and I wanted and needed more. It makes sense why the only thing in life I ever wanted to be was in an average, I used to say thin, but now I say average body size, why well, we're eating more and more and more. I mean, now I understood it after this. Thank you, Dr. Silkworth. It explains why when my jaws were wired shut to lose weight, I sucked in all kinds of stuff. Who could understand that? I mean, nobody. And, and you know, at this point, I just want to say for um, people – for people who understand, no explanation is necessary. And for people who don't understand, no explanation is possible. Nobody is going to understand that unless they have this problem that we have. Uh, it also uh, explains why every time I finished a diet and took that first bite, I mean, I was thin. Why couldn't I eat just eat one? Then I went on to eating until I was at the original weight or bigger, you know? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Silkworth, and thank you for the big book studies that we have. Uh, knowing this doesn't make, doesn't uh, ensure that we're going to be recovered, but it sure helps. And so I want to say thank you, God, for my recovery. Thank you, God, for all of you, and thank you for letting me share. Have a beautiful God-filled day, everybody. Love you. Well, thank you, Penny E., for getting us started. Beautiful. Penny E. from New Jersey. So now we will go ahead. I'll take a list of names. Who would like to share on this paragraph? And just a quick reminder that if you have shared in the last two days, we ask you to please hold back so that others might share their experience too. 
Kelly S. Kelly. Tamara C. Tamara. Alex. Jeannie N. Jeannie. Pedro B. Pedro. Janice S. Was that Janice? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Okay, good. Let's stop there, and then we will take another list of names after you all. So we've got Kelly S., Tamara, Alex, Jeannie, Pedro B., Janice. And so Kelly S., go right ahead. You'll be followed by Tamara C. Good morning, guys. It's Kelly S., um, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks, Barbara, for your service. Um, this, well, doctor's opinion, <laughs> that's a big deal. And it's one that took me decades to really, really accept, you know. And um, and I and I know this was the other day's paragraph, but I think it says, you know, I think it's important to bring up. It tells us that any picture of the alcoholic who leaves out this physical allergy, um, the physical factor is incomplete. So I have to look at that. It tells us what separates us, right? Is we have a physical allergy and a mental obsession. It's two parts. So this is half of it, right? I know it's not the greater aspect, but it's a half of it. So. And it was one of those parts, so I just kept thinking, really, come on, does it make that big of a deal? And guess what, guys, for me, it does. You know, somebody shared this last week, too. You know, if I was in AA, I always think my disease is as serious as an alcoholic, right? But then I wouldn't drink something that had alcohol fifth in it. So I had to start really looking at the ingredients. And also, behaviors are huge for me. One of the things I've heard people share, which I relate to so much, is I'm one of those people that I eat, um, you know, one people eat. Some people, normally people, whatever that is, will eat a cookie and they're satisfied. I eat it and it makes me hungrier. You know, that extra bite makes me hungrier. It's so weird. It never satisfies me. Those behaviors where I think I just need a little bit more, I get a little bit more and then I need a little bit more and a little bit more and then I'm off and binging, right? And then those ingredients, if I don't really start looking at those and get willing. So it's that thing of my sponsor said to me, if it's not a big deal, then why is it such a big deal to give it up, right? Why don't I just take a risk and give it up and see what happens so that I'm not setting off that awful allergy, right? Because that's something I don't have any control over, just like a peanut allergy or a drug allergy. And so I had to start really looking at those ingredients, and it has made such a huge difference in trying to gain that neutrality. So if you're still struggling, wondering why, I mean, yes, there's a whole lot of other things and there, yes, it's about that relationship with God, and we have to get that connection. But it's going to start with having to look at my food. I'm going to have to start looking at my behaviors. I'm going to have to start looking at honest with what I'm putting in my mouth and what I'm doing, right? So it, it tells me here in the doctor's opinion that I am set apart from a regular person. I have allergies to certain foods and behaviors, and I have to get clean. I have to get sober before I can work these steps, I can't get connected to God if I'm still using my substances and my behaviors in any way. It didn't work for me. I tried for decades and until I was willing to really start looking at things, looking at behaviors, looking at substances, getting completely sober, just like an alcoholic, just like a drug addict, I, I Kelly Stafford, was unable to get abstinence and get neutral with any peace of mind and really get that connection with God I heard you guys share on the line. So I'm so grateful today. I was finally willing to do that. With that, I pass. Thanks. Well, thanks, Kelly S. Yes, appreciate you. Tamara C. And you'll be followed by Alex B. 
Thank you, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. This is Tamara C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. So, yeah, I'm not a medical professional or scientist. I haven't studied addiction, but I am an experienced compulsive overeater. So this allergy theory definitely makes sense to me with my experience. Uh, One experience that helped me was um, I had been abstinent for a while and was feeling um, really good and neutral, pretty neutral. And then um, I got these cravings. I really, really wanted to eat my alcoholic foods. And I called my sponsor and said, I don't know why, but I'm having cravings like I haven't had since I got abstinent. And so she went over like, well, what have you been eating? What did you eat today? And helped me see there was something I had eaten that um, had an alcoholic ingredient that I didn't realize was an alcoholic ingredient. And and that just really, really um, put it in my mind that I do have this body that has a normal response. When it, it doesn't matter if I know or don't know that I'm putting um, this substance in my body, but my body is going to have that response. So I do have this physical allergy and I cannot safely ingest things that are going to set that off. And I love those two letters, E-X, X, problem eater. It's it's a miracle. It's it's such a, a gift, an amazing gift, something I cannot do for myself to be able to be an X problem eater. And for me, in my experience, it happened by getting abstinent, identifying those foods, that, those ingredients that are going to trigger that physical allergy put them down and work the steps. And um, today I get to get my effect, my ease and comfort from the steps, which connect me with my higher power. And if I have a food thought, I see it as a gift of awareness to check my spiritual connection and use the steps to clear what's blocking access to that power. Um, So I I don't have to turn to food and set off the allergy. So if I can be an ex compulsive overeater, so can you. Um, get a sponsor to help you identify what's setting off this abnormal physical reaction in you. Put it down and use the steps. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Tamara C. from Missouri. Alec B., go right ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. This is Alec B., as in boy, also from Missouri. Um I'm so glad to be with you this morning and the sort of tranquil, I assume to be sort of a tranquil, quiet start, and it has been. Uh, and, and what a gift that is. You know, I look back at this year and I see how this paragraph, this past year, this paragraph was so foundational. Not, not necessarily the words itself, but that this year was when I accepted that I had this allergy. Right? This year is when I was able to recognize that this is part of who I am and that it's not something uh, that I'm a compulsive overeater, that I'm a restrictor, that it's not something I need to be um, anxious about, afraid of, ashamed of. But no, it's a, it's a part of, of my identity. It's a part of, of how I was, I was made um, or how I became. What, what I, I, don't, I don't know the origin. And, and yet it is more importantly, more importantly, that it is part of the journey that God has led me on so as to deepen in my relationship with him, in my relationship with my fellows, in my relationship with myself as part of a path of joy and love and life, right? That by being able to accept my own impotence, 
my own my own powerlessness, my own craziness at times by being able to accept that and surrender to God's power in my life, to God's love in my life, to God's call for me to serve, I able to have new life and new joy and new freedom. And so for some they mentioned decades and yes, praise God that they that they found recovery in it. For me it's 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 been a year and I've been able to be given recovery. And yes, it takes to make sure you know, to every day I have to get on this line to listen and to surrender again to this truth, and more importantly, to surrender again to God. You know, last night uh, I did not stay up late. I went to bed early like I normally do, and I got up and and prayed in my 11-step prayer, and then I got together with a few friends, and, and we had a little prayer service um, early at, uh, before this meeting, and I mean, you know, very early, and it's like, what a beautiful way to begin a day, to begin a life, to start with prayer, and, and by doing that every day, committing uh, that my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. That's how I stay in recovery. Surrendering to this reality of my identity as someone who can be compulsive, as someone who is imperfect, as someone who is wounded, and yet letting God heal me and free me through these steps, through working these steps based on this acceptance, right? That that seeing that this um, disease is part of, of my vocation, is part of who I'm called to be, a recovered person, it is what lets me to love others with humility and with freedom, right? We have stopped fighting everything and everybody, even alcohol. And so to live as somebody who can be peaceful, who can be tranquil, well, that could only happen because of accepting, uh, uh, for me, this allergy, and more importantly, this God who loves me and frees me from it, from, from the effects. And so um, I'm just so grateful. I, I'll end with this. I had a, a spiritual director in a retreat recently, uh, tell me, he, I mentioned this to him, and, and he, his priest said, you know, Alec, it's, it's amazing this year how you have, you, you took the 12 steps up, and you never looked back. And I think, wow, what a blessing. And that's what I, I pray for all of us, that we're able to take up these steps, take up this life, and no, never look back. There's no turning back. We go deeper into it, because there we find God, and there we find new life. And so with that, thank you for listening. Many blessings on an absent and free and full day and new year. Uh, Alec B. from St. Louis. I pass. Uh, thanks, Alec. Jeannie S., you are up, and you'll be followed by Pedro. And just for those who are joining us now, we are on page XXVI, the second paragraph, the doctor's theory, uh, that we have an allergy, reading just that one paragraph. Jeannie, go right ahead. And Jeannie, you'll need to store one. Good morning, everyone. Sorry. This is Jeannie Ann from New Jersey. Um, a lot of this was probably, yeah, said already, but I have to share. Um, it says a normal person. Well, the normal person has no interest in in what the uh, uh, what the doctor uh, thought or, or, or his theory. Um, I remember when I was in high school, you know, um, I'd be everybody would save the desserts for me, half a sandwich for me, and they'd laugh. They think it was really funny. I got the attention, so you know, I laughed too. Um, but um, there's definitely, definitely, I have the the um, the allergy of the body, uh, and I can really, really relate to that. Um, when I uh, when I indulge my alcoholic foods, uh, 
you know, I do have a reaction. I am allergic. Um, and it, so this makes a lot, a lot of sense to me. And I, have to do, and I used to do the same thing over and over again and, and be in denial. Um, I just couldn't live life. I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal with life on life's terms. Um, uh, I am so, so grateful for this program and so glad to be here and sharing this morning. Uh, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Uh, thanks, Jeannie. My friend from New Jersey, Pedro B., you are up, followed by Janice, and then we'll be taking another list of names. Good morning. Can I be heard? You sure can. Oh, thank you very much. Hi, my name is Pedro B. I live in San Bernardino, California. I'm grateful compulsive for the evening this morning. Happy New Year, my brothers and sisters. <clears throat> I'm so um, so happy <clears throat> and so glad to be here. I've been sick the last couple of days, and uh, for me, that's dangerous because uh, my disease, my illness, my addiction, however you want to call it, uh, tells me that I should relax and take it easy. And as an addict, uh, that's dangerous zone for me because I relax and take it so easy that I stop working the program. And when I stop working the program, I start overeating because uh, I don't know, you know, this allergy, you know, uh, it explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. It explains many things for which I cannot otherwise account. You know, this this uh, desire to eat more, you know, to get satisfied. You know, uh, like they say, normal people eat, they get satisfied and they stop. This compulsive overeater gets full and he keeps going. You know, that's not normal. That's not I'm a normal eater, right? You know. The idea that uh, that I'm normal has to be smashed. But anyways, uh, I want to say, if you knew, keep coming back. And if you've been around, keep coming back. You know, I uh, I was I called a friend yesterday. That's that's uh, one of my people, the people that that helped me stay abstinent and and explain this 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 disease, this illness to me in a way that makes sense, you know, because uh, this allergy is part of my illness, you know, right? So it, it basically the doctor, when I when I first saw this, this chapter, the doctor's opinion, I pay attention because, you know, doctors, they go to school and they study. And, you know, I've been relying on doctors since the day I was born. I mean, so it, it makes it seems to me. Oh, what, what the doctor's opinion? What does he have to say? You know what I mean? And basically, in this book, he says that we have an allergy, we have an obsession on the mind, and, and we we have a spiritual malady. You know, and this, my spiritual malady tells me that this disease is not going to kill me. And I have a friend that told me that the other day. Like I've been asked, I've been asking him for alcohol for over 28 years, and and he asked me flat out, asked me, so why don't you take a drink? Well, because I don't want to drink. So why do you overeat? Ah, uh, because maybe you're not taking this so as serious as you're taking alcoholism, Pedro. Oh wow, that makes sense. I heard a lady Time. yesterday. 
Thank you. I'll wrap up with this. My friend at the meeting said, this disease wants to kill us. It wants to kill us, but it will settle for making us miserable. Thank you, Lenisha. Thanks, Pedro B. from California. And Janice, you are up, and then I'll be taking another list of names. Good morning. I'm Janice S. from Tennessee. Uh, I am a compulsive overeater. Um, I would like to kind of start this with, um, first of all, gratitude, much gratitude. Um, I'm going to make maybe a little analogy here. For me, my program has, or or my recovery has, it's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. When I do just a regular jigsaw puzzle, I lay out all the pieces and you start with the corner pieces and you get the edge pieces. And this paragraph is like a very important corner piece. You have to have a starting point in your puzzle. For me, this is a starting point because it's telling me that I have an allergy. Now, I I originally came to a 12-step program through another allergy that I have of alcohol. And I remember years ago when I heard this, I was like, oh, that explains. I'm not just stupid. I have an allergy. For some reason, it was easier for me to accept it with alcohol. But with food, what? I have to eat. I have an allergy to the thrill of what eating did for me. It was the thrill. It was the effect of knowing I could have another and another and another. And my mind would get so consumed with, oh, there's still more in the cabinet. I'm just going to eat a few, but the whole time I was thinking all day, how many more are in the cabinet? That's an allergy of the mind. It's not so much of maybe like a peanut allergy as it is the thrill of what that was, the comfort. It was my friend. It was something I had to have. I couldn't just stop with one just like I couldn't stop with one drink or two drinks, or, uh, you know, I couldn't stop at any certain amount. Once I figured out that that was a very important piece of my puzzle, then I could go on to the other part of the recovery, the other step, you know, the powerlessness, accepting that I'm powerless over this, accepting that, this, that there was a power greater than me. And I have to remember this and other things because I could exchange Overeating for other things that give me that thrill. That's my addiction. What, and if I don't start digging and doing the work, like someone said earlier, I have to really look and I have to, what am I putting in my mouth? It, it's, it's work. It's not easy. It's maintenance. It's total maintenance and it's daily maintenance. It's listening to these meetings. It's going to meetings, sharing. It's doing the 12th step. It's doing the 11th step. You never graduate. You keep going. But I am so very grateful because as someone shared earlier, this is the way that I, thank you, this is the way that I got closer to God. And for that, I will be forever grateful. Thank you for being here. With that, I pass and happy new year. Thanks, Janice S. from Tennessee. 
Alrighty, I'll take another list of names. Who else would like to share today? Anne Marie M. Charles H. Rivka Charles R. H. Gotcha, Anne Marie. Charles, Rivka, Rivka. Lisa C. Reuven H. from Israel. Reuven. Reuven H. from Israel. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, Reuven. Thanks. So far, let me make sure I haven't missed anybody. I have Anne Marie, Charles H., Rivka, Lisa C., Reuven. Okay, let's go ahead and stop there, and then we'll take another list. We should have a few more minutes. Anne-Marie M., you go right ahead, and you'll be followed by Charles H. Good morning. Thank you, Penny, for taking the meeting. Appreciate that. And um, uh, my name is Anne-Marie M., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, um, recovered through God's grace and by working the steps in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And before I was introduced to the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, well, I was um, in AA, I was taken through the steps through the uh, 12 and 12, AA 12 and 12. And um, I don't ever remember studying um, the doctor's opinion until I got to um, a phone meeting in OA. But prior to that, I went to OA meetings and heard that sugar was like a drug. And I thought, oh boy, these people are like, they're over the top. They're Looney Tunes. <laughs> sugar could be a drug. And I remember going to Barnes & Noble with uh, two big two-pound bags of peanut M&Ms and sitting there. And well, I was in the, looking through all the books of how to stop compulsively eating. Um, and uh, I sat down in the chair in Barnes & Noble and sne- uh, secretly, like I, nobody could see me, snuck these peanut M&Ms in my mouth, and I found one book written by a doctor and by a compulsive overeater who said that sugar, the the doctor in this book, this particular book, said that sugar was just as addictive as cocaine. In fact, it hit the same places in the brain that cocaine hit. And I thought, wow. So I just stopped eating sugar. But you know, I was compulsively eating on uh, dried ed popcorn and, and rice cakes and anything even that didn't have any sugar in it. And, um, you know, that didn't work. So I went, went back, I went to OA, found a meeting on the, on the phone, not this one, but another one that um, talked about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And when, they, when I heard them read the doctor's opinion and that this particular paragraph that we have an allergy, I said, you know, these people are right. They're not Looney Tunes. You know, they are right. And I'm just so grateful for this book, grateful for uh, Dr. Silkworth for, um, you know, putting himself out there and um, talking about this allergy that I know today that I have, with, there's no doubt in my mind that I have an allergy and that there's certain ingredients that I need to stay away from. And I know once I put them in my body, then I will compulsively overeat. And not even the ingredients, for sure, that it's a physical um, uh, problem, it's a physical addiction, but the behaviors too. Because, um, you know, I was I was compulsively eating on uh, non-trigger foods um, and um, 
I was compulsively eating. So um, for me, it's the behavior as as well as the the physical ingestion of certain um, ingredients found in food. So I'll pass. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Appreciate you. Charles H., followed by Rivka. Good morning, Vision, for you. Um, Happy New Year to everybody I celebrate. Happy Monday to every recovered compulsive overeater and unrecovered compulsive overeater. You know, for me, allergy, um, I mean, it's an abnormal reaction to a certain substance. That's my understanding of it. And, you know, um, I know we're not on that, but the phrase phenomenon of craving is is located in the doctor's opinion five times. I would strongly advise and suggest to pay attention to that. Um, This is a study um, because, you know, I've read this so many times and fell asleep, but when I studied this doctor's opinion, my life became big. And I, 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 and I, um, and I got DNA marks all over this. This is, if this was a, com- if, if the big book was a computer, the doctor's opinion in particular, this paragraph is the motherboard of that computer. Um, how, 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 how recovered can I become forgetting that I have a physical allergy? And in particular, a manifestation is physical. A manifestation of an allergy means that if I pick it up, I'm going to have a hard time putting it down. So this is a quite important, you know, before we get to the altruistic and the community spirit, before we get to that, I have to realize that, number one, I'm a real compulsive overeater, and number two, I have a physical allergy. The doctor states states that to me. This is a special doctor. And even at the end of the, the, the chapter, he earnestly advised us to keep praying. I've never heard a doctor tell me, you know what, Charles, you should keep praying. You know, although you may scoff, which means laugh, you may laugh that I'm a doctor telling you that you should keep praying and that you have a physical allergy. And and remember, this is Bill's story before Bill's story because he's talking about Bill and he's talking about putting practical application at once. I know I'm telling you the story of the doctor's opinion, but you know, I just want to, for somebody that's coming in, make a decision not to make a resolution today. Them resolutions don't work. They don't work. Make a decision to work these steps like your hair's on fire. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thanks, Charles H. Rivka, you are up, followed by Lisa. Lisa C. Rivka, star one. Good morning. Yeah, I there you are. Thanks so much. Um, good morning, everyone. It's Rivka, our gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. And I want to thank you for your service and everyone for, for their shares, especially the lead share. That's so beautiful. Um, anyway, this, I wanted to just share an experience uh, that I had with a psychiatrist and a psychic. Um, again, I, I don't want to put down, any, I mean, they can, you know, can be very helpful maybe in other areas, but with compulsive overeating, um, this is my experience um, this, with a psychiatrist that, you know, after a session where, you know, we'd done um, deep hypnosis and inner child work and 
And um, I was able to have a feeling of love for myself at that moment. And and for one day, I felt a certain freedom. And um, I thought, oh, this is great. Like, I'm I'm free Um, until I started eating. (laughs) Um, And there went that. Um, And with the psychic, you know, again, we did, you know, he deep work it took hours and hours and and he did this whole emotional and spiritual cleaning and and he said he said to me he said you're cured you don't have this anymore you are you don't have this eating problem anymore and i walked out from there and again felt like okay like he said i don't have it anymore um and that lasted you know until i i started eating again which was probably you know, within the next hour, I was not free anymore because once I pick up substances that, you know, put me back and you know, completely um, arouse that phenomenon of craving, I'm, I'm, I'm a lost puppy. So I just wanted to say that, you know, um, ab- abstinence is, is just the amends that I make to myself, um, it, to myself and to, to God and to others. Um, and I can, you know, it's a... It's a miracle that I can do joyfully today because, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm not upset or disturbed or angry that I'm wired differently. It's just all a part of God's plan for my own, for my growth and access to Him in a life that I couldn't live otherwise. So, um, anyway, thanks for letting me share, and and I love, you know, what the lead uh, person said to have a beautiful God-filled day because that's where it's all at. Um, and enjoy abstinence. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Rivka R. from Maryland. And Lisa C., you're up, followed by Ruben. And just to remind everybody, we're on XXVI, the doctor's opinion, second paragraph, the doctor's theory that we have an allergy, reading just that one paragraph. Lisa C., go right ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. I got abstinent last January 1st, <laughs> this is a year, and um, I'm so grateful to have a solid year um, and to live a recovered life because, you know, where it says here, um, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Many things for which I cannot otherwise account have happened to me this year. Um, first of all, I I live with the question, how free do I want to be? Which draws me ever closer to my higher power every single day. Um, you know, in the past, I could I could lose weight and I could stop eating compulsively or I could stop restricting, but I could not stay in either place for very long because I had no mechanism for living life on life's terms. And... Um, I could I could uh, pray to God, you know, I could try to work on that relationship, um, but I, I did not know how to continuously um, be persistent in my spiritual life um, and not let up on it. And, you know, um, to have to have like a wide awake life where I'm truly present and I'm enjoying the gifts of the relationships in my life and enjoying the program, enjoying vision um, in a way that really hits at the core of my being all miracles that I cannot otherwise account for. Um, and, and I wanted to share because um, the other day I took a drive uh, by myself 
my mom is very ill, and so I don't like to leave her for very long, but my family was um, taking a few days away, and so uh, I, I didn't come for the entire time. And, you know, when I look in the mirror, I remember as a little girl, I remember reading that little uh, phrase that it says in the side mirror, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Um, and, I, and I had a glance of that the other day and thought to myself, gosh, you know, recovery is closer than it appears. If you are struggling and in the food and you put it down, you're really not far. And likewise, the disease is not far away. Uh, so I don't get to take it easy, um, but I get to be with God as much as I need. And I need God every minute. Um, and I don't have too much else to say um, other than to have, to be able to say that last year on this day, I was doing the same thing um, is very comforting and powerful. Um, it shows me that uh, I don't have to have a recent memory of, of the pain I caused myself. Um, and so I have a way forward. And um, I also have not forgotten um, what what that what that life was like. Um, and I'm just really grateful. Thank you so much. Without our path. Thanks, Lisa C from New Jersey. Ruben, you are up for three. Thank you, Ruben H from Israel. Um, great to be at this meeting, hearing so many wonderful things. Um, you know, as I look at this paragraph. Um, uh, today I'm, I'm recovering and I'm, um, um, I have like two months of uh, abstinence. I'm very grateful. Um, and um, the last sentence here, when it says it explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account, uh, in a certain way I like that because it's like, um, really, I can't account for much, to tell you the truth. Um, and so... Um, you know, why I'm doing this now or how I'm doing it now, um, I can't explain. Um, I can't otherwise account. However, uh, the guidance in this book, in this uh, paragraph and chapter, gives me a lot to go on. Um, when um, Dr. Silkworth says an allergy uh, to alcohol, that we have an allergy to alcohol, um, um, that follows after uh, the previous paragraph, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. It totally applies to uh, my compulsive overeating. Um, um, the, you know, the, the, the dealing with the craving, the physical craving, it's not the total answer, but it's, the, it's a backbone. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's something that I have had to accept and do. Um, otherwise, I am in my own head um, trying to come up with my own reasons. And the fact that I've been doing what this book says, um, and it's been, and I've been doing it with a lot of other things, um, it shows that it's worked for me. And like they say, if it works, you know, don't try to fix it. It's already happening. Um, and it's a soundness of mind. My compulsive eat overeating for sure didn't make any sense. This makes good practical sense. And I really like the idea, and I applied this paragraph and this whole thought um, to really 
any alcoholic type um, substance or behavior. Um, in this case, in this meeting, I'm talking about uh, foods and things that I put in my mouth and my body. Um, but it, it is just such a great statement because just like we take from the alcohol here and we apply it to our food, it is a great first step to any form of hoped for success that leads me um, and us to a relationship with a higher power, which the book will go on to continue to explain how without the power, we achieve nothing. And that power is from God. In fact, you know, that, 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 that's, that's, that's why this book deals with God and it deals with uh, the physical. Time. We can't leave out, I can't leave out the physical. Thank you for letting me share. Oh, thanks, Reuben H. from Israel. So we have time for two more shares, probably two, maybe full, maybe two and a half minutes. Who would like those? Janice Lauren, I heard Dan, is Janice B., I think, from Connecticut. And who was the other? Janice Ella. B. Ella? I might be getting... So let me try those, and you'll you'll know who you are. So Janice B, go right ahead if I have that name right, or Janet B. I think I said Janet K. Janet K. Gotcha. Yes, Thanks. sure can. Uh, I'm Janet K from Michigan. This is the first time I've shared. Um, this doctor's opinion has made an enormous difference in my continued recovery. Um, I had uh, had a relapse, uh, came to vision uh, with a new sponsor, um, gave up sugar and sugar substitutes and white flour, and was beginning my study of the big book. And I ate dinner at my daughter's house, some takeout food. And this time I ordered something different than I usually do that I thought didn't have sugar. And I ate it in a kind of lit up way. And then in helping clean up, um, I saw a package that hadn't been um, much eaten of this takeout food and asked my son-in-law, is, is that rice noodles? And he said, yes. And I thought, oh, you know, I bet I can eat that. He said, yeah, take that home. And the next night, I thought, I'll have a bite to see if I'm going to put it on my food plan. And I ate five really fast, big, compulsive bites and thought, oh, my God, what's in this? I looked up the recipe and it had sugar in it. And then I went and looked up the ingredients from that first dish, and that had sugar in it. So even though I didn't know, even though my brain wasn't thinking, well, maybe I can get away with this or any of that old stuff, my body lit up. And it's been the strongest proof I've ever had that I have an allergy of the body. And I try and keep that in mind every day. I'm very grateful for vision. I'm happy to start this new year with you. And with that, I pass. Uh, thanks, Janet Kay from Michigan, and thanks for first share. Good for you. And I think it was Ella Kay. I may have missed that. Who else had their name in? Uh, Helen C. I gave my name. I, I don't know if it's your Okay, Helen, then you are <laughs> it. I knew I heard someone in the background. Helen, you go for it. You've got it. Thank you. I'm Helen C. from Virginia. 
and I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year. And I uh, just have so much gratitude to be uh, grateful for this new, in this new year for this, because of this program. And I, uh, you know, did not know what allergy meant. I thought that you had to, you know, break out in hives and whatnot to show that you were allergic to something. And I kept reading it and hearing it, but it didn't click until I opened the dictionary and uh, to really read and see what, you know, how it affected me. And I, of course, uh, understood it much clearer there. And I want to give gratitude to um, Dr. Silkworth for being so observant, you know, to see that, you know, because I think it's, uh, for me, it's, it's subtle because it was hidden. And um, uh, I'm just uh, uh, so happy because I have uh, just come to the holiday season, which is my fifth holiday season being abstinent, and I'm ever grateful for that. And, uh, and um, just, you know, just very happy. I'm, uh, next month will be 89 years old, and I've been in program over 40 years, and but uh, only for five years, so I I wouldn't and never left the rooms. I don't recommend that for anyone, but that's my story. And but I'm so glad that I finally caught on and uh, learned what to do and by just coming to these meetings. And want to thank everyone for all of your help being part of my program, and thank everyone that gives service every day. Uh, appreciate you for you know to be able to. So I have this meeting to come to at seven o'clock each uh, um, uh, five days a week. Thank you very much, and I will pass. Happy New Year. Uh, thanks, Helen C. from Virginia, and thanks for making sure I heard you too. I appreciate that. Um, who else? We have one minute if somebody would like it. Give you one minute. If not, stand by. We'll have more shares at the eight Laura, o'clock hour. Devorah, go for it. You have one minute. Thank you. Hi, this is Laura L. from Connecticut, um, and just so grateful um, and recovered. I just wanted to wish everybody a happy new year and say that all of you um, on Vision have helped me so much in the last few years um, be entirely abstinent um, and learn the big book um, and the way to the big book and God so much better. So thank you. I hope to see you at the birthday party. I'll be there, and um, love to you all. Thank you. All right, Laura L. from Connecticut. Thank you. I will look for you at the birthday party. This is Barbara P. Thank you to everyone who shared and everyone who did service this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's powerhouse meeting, at least for me, um, today is January 1st, 2024. And uh, today's ID is 20990. Might want to jot that one down and keep that. 20990. We'll now close with the reading from the big book, page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Tamara C. read that for us? Today we're reading A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We'll keep you until then. Yep, this is Tamara C., Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you will find of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.